say the game is getting old Monday morning and your coffee's cold Life is not what you want it to be Hello everyone and welcome to A New Direction. My name is Jay Izzo and wow, do we have a great show for you today. I am telling you what, I do not care what your circumstances are right now. I do not care what you're feeling right now. I do not care about your attitude right now. What I care about is the fact that you can do something about it because I have someone with me who is going to encourage you, he's going to inspire you, and he's going to make you a new you. His name is Barry Habib. The book, oh my gosh, is entitled Money in the Streets. It is, it's just a wow. I don't know what else to tell you. It's just a wow. It is a holy cow wow. It is unbelievable. By the way, you're going to love him. I'm just going to tell you something. The book is fantastic. You need to get the book, but you're going to love him. He is unbelievable. And uh, I'm just telling you, it, it just doesn't get any better than Barry Habib and, and, and Money in the Streets. And he's going to, <laughs> dare I say it, rock your world. Yeah, well, you understand what I mean when I say get to that later. But you'll get it when I say it, okay? Because he is going to rock your world. Matter of fact, he's going to rock your world for the ages. Uh, see what I did there? Well, you'll see what I did there a little bit later. But before we get to him, let's do what we do every week. And you know what that is? I walk you through your training. You know what? We're four-part people. We're physical, mental, emotional, spiritual people. And the truth is that, you know what, you're only as good as your training. When you're under pressure, when you're under stress, when you're under fire, when you're hungry, when you're tired, you know what the Special Armed Forces guys have told us on this show? Here's what they say. You never rise to the occasion. You only fall to the level of your training, right? And we need to be training those four areas of our life every single day. Right? So I want to check in with you. Scale of one to 10, one being miserable, 10 being outstanding, right? We do this every week. How is your training going physically? What do I mean? How's your exercise? How's the eating? How's your eating? Are you eating the right things, right? Are you drinking enough water? Are you getting enough sleep, right? I'm not talking about getting crazy and doing crazy stuff exercise-wise. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about getting movement every day, doing something that's healthy for your body. I'm not talking about, you know, that you have to eat so strictly every single day that you can't have a reward day. Notice I said reward day, not a cheat day. When we start telling ourselves that we're going to have a cheat day, guess what? Then we cheat more often. But if we tell ourselves I can reward myself, guess what? Then it makes a difference. All right. And by the way, don't go on a diet because you know what we do when we go on a diet, we get off one. It's a lifestyle. So we've got to be in a lifestyle of change in all these areas, but especially physically. So what's your number between a scale of 1 to 10 this week in your training? All right, you got that? Second number is your mental training, right? We have two halves of the brain, a right brain, left brain, and we're more dominant one side or the other typically, right? That, you know, as a psychological professional and as I coach people, I, I always find out which side of the brain are they most dominant in, right? But the truth is we got to work both halves of the brain. Right? It doesn't matter what your dominant side is. You need to work both sides. The right side's more creative, right? The left side's more logical. You need to be doing something that's crossing all that. You know what's a great activity? Read a book. That's a great activity. Here's a great book. I would try Money in the Streets. That's a great book for you to start working both halves of your brain. Here's the other thing. You can't be a mental loafer. You want know a mental loafer is? A mental loafer is somebody who just lets things come at them. They're not taking an active role and actively participating in their growth, right? Barry's going to say it. I have said it on the show over and over again. It's in the book. You know what? Nothing stays the same. You're either growing or you're dying. 
right? That that's the absolute truth. Mentally, emotionally, physically, if you're not doing something actively for your growth, you're dying. You're not staying the same. And not only that, your competition and everybody else is passing you by. All right? So on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you say you're doing active mentally training? All right? Third area, emotionally, right? And I break this down psychologically into two, two areas, right, to evaluate yourself and your training. We're in training 24-7 because we're in a pandemic, okay? That's just the way it is, all right? So there's two questions. The first question is, how well are you able to control your emotions under stress? How are you doing that? The second piece is how well are you able to truly understand the emotions of others and tap into what they're feeling? Because if, if you can combine those two things, what number would you give yourself? By the way, sometimes that means we need emotional grammar, right? Sometimes we just don't have the emotional grammar to really understand the subtleties of emotion in others. Right? We're not just mad, happy, and sad. Right? There's, there's different levels of each. We need a vocabulary because that's the better, best way for us to communicate. Barry's going to talk about communication. It is fundamental to relationships. Right? And if we understand the emotions of other people, that's fundamental to communication. Barry's going to talk about that too. So what would you give you on a scale of 1 to 10? What would you give yourself on that number? And then finally, spiritually. You know what? Um, my wife gave me this great, this great thing on what spiritual is, right? Because we, I have people go, well, I don't know if I believe in God and whatever. And I, I don't, you know, here's the truth. When things are going bad in your life, what's the first thing you run in, run to? Because that's your God. When life turns the tables on you, what's the first thing or person or place that you run to? That is your God. And then you have to ask yourself, is it working? And then you have to ask yourself, how am I doing developing that spiritually? Now, look, for some people, that is God. For some people, it's nature. For some people, it's meditation. There, there's, for some people, you have to ask yourself, is it working, and, and, and am I really true to it? And how am I doing in that training area? Same scale, 1 to 10, how would you say your training's going? So you have four numbers, right? Think of them as leg of a, legs of a chair. If the, if the legs are uneven, right, it's really kind of bad on our posture. At the same token, if the legs are too short, right, you can't sit at a normal table and eat in the right way right? So speaking of somebody who's got all his legs in the right height and somebody who is uh, got him all even, his name is Barry Habib. He is an American entrepreneur and frequent media resource for his mortgage and housing expertise. He's an Amazon number one best-selling author for his book, Money in the Streets. He has done frequent appearances on CNBC and Fox and many others. He is the CEO of MBS Highway, the industry's most highly regarded and recognized tool for transforming salespeople into advisors. He has been the three-time Crystal Ball Award winner for 2017, 2019, and 2020 by Zillow and Pulsonomics for the most accurate real estate forecast out of 150 of the top economists in the U.S. 2019 Mortgage Professional of the Year, 2019 finalists for the prestigious Ernst & Young uh, Entrepreneur of the Year, named to the esteemed Mortgage Global 100 list for 2021 by Mortgage Professional. He is an innovator. He has founded many successful businesses across so many different verticals. Mortgage Market Guide, Healthcare Imaging Solutions, Certified Mortgage Associates, Founding Partner in Social Survey. By the way, I want to just say this. He was the lead producer and managing partner, and I saw this play for Rock of Ages. Oh, 
some great show. It's the 27th longest running show in Broadway history. Um, he also produced Chris's Angels Mind Freak at Planet Hollywood in Vegas. He's r- highly rated as a speaker and trainer for over the highest rated speaker and trainer for over 25 years in the mortgage and real estate industry. Um, he's a multi entrepreneur. Um, he's unbelievable. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show and welcome to a new direction, Barry Habib. Welcome, Barry. Why, well, Jay, I have to tell you, first of all, you know, just getting to know you a little bit, I could see why you are so magnetic and so successful. I love your heart. I love, I love your spirit. And you could just tell you just have a giving nature and you, you really want to genuinely help people. Uh, and your exercise that you did was, was brilliant. And you're so, so on the money and so dead on, you know, it was great because as you and I were talking before we went live, we were just saying how we're, so much in in alignment in our thought process and our mentality and and by the way you're very kind to me and said i've got all the legs in the stool right I, i'm a little off balance here but i'm a work in progress i want to try and get better every single day so uh, my score was good but it can definitely be better and it's still a little bit uneven um i love i love your mindset though god thank bless you. you man it is wonderful to see thank you i appreciate that listen i love your book um, th- this book is absolutely brilliantly written. Um, I have, t- I-, I told you before the show, I have 23 pages of notes and there is no way we're going to get through all of them <laughs> today. And you're going, thank you, Jay, for that. Um, so I want to just start right in Barry. Let's, let's just start in because right in the introduction, you know, because the book is entitled money in the streets, a playbook for finding and seizing the opportunity all around you. First of all, it weaves around your story and, you know, but, because you are tremendously successful and, you know, financially and in a variety of other ways. But a lot of people will want to say, oh, well, you know, Barry had it handed to him. You, the, you were the furthest thing from getting it handed to you. Your, your, your parents came over here in 1959 as immigrants. They couldn't speak a word of English. You had no money, difficulty. And, well, then you come along. And how did that go? It was a surprise and it wasn't the most welcome surprise because my dad was 57, my mom was 40. They were broke, they didn't speak English. They had two kids of their own. And when they were immigrants, they had all their money confiscated from them so they could leave Turkey. Our family's not Turkish, we're Spanish, but they spent generations in Turkey. And they wanted to get to the United States because what they would hear is like so many immigrants here is America is such a rich country that there's literally money in the streets. All you have to do is pick it up. <laughs> And so, so the book really talks about the fact that, you know, I discovered that there really is money in the streets and all you have to do is be able to identify and see those opportunities that are around us and then be able to capitalize on it, take advantage of it and then do good with it. Because as we, as we go through our life, it's so important Jay, to have achievement goals, right. critically important for us to set those goals, to strive, to continue to want to do well. And then don't ever be ashamed of having financial goals because I can tell you as someone who was extraordinarily poor and you know, and then my dad passed away when I was a young boy, my mom worked in the sweatshop. I know what it's like for when people struggle, having a little bit of resources financially, it does make your life a little easier and a little nicer. Right. But you know, Jay, there's so many people that are making strides in achievement that are financially doing well, but they don't appear happy. Mm. And I believe that's because the one other element to use your analogy of, let's just say a stool with the three legs, the other one is fulfillment. Mm. And 
I am very convinced that at least for me in my life, fulfillment comes from helping others and doing good. Right. You know, you do so much good and I'm sure that gives you that fulfillment. Absolutely. And without it, it's kind of those successes are empty. So, you know, as we strive to achieve things and we should, we have to right. and reach one hand forward, should always reach one hand back and do good and help others because that's what really in a selfish way, mm. that's what makes you happier. You're, you're so right. And I think the thing about helping others, and, and we'll talk about that, I'm sure, at length, but I think the one thing that you bring up in this book really re- repeatedly is that helping others is not about helping to get something in the future. I mean, when we're going to help people, we're giving it away. If that That's truly what we mean by helping. It's not that I'm, I'm helping you because I... I you, you, even, you even mentioned later on in the book, you say something to the effect, I think it was your children you were, you were talking to, and you literally say, you know what? It's not the people that can give you something that you need to help. You need to help people who can't give you anything. They're definitely more deserving of our compassion. Right. And that's, that's, that's what the difference is. The difference is, is being able to feel good about yourself. You know, I, I said in the book, I told the story about when I was a little kid riding with my mom in the subway and as poor as we were, if she saw somebody that was in really bad shape, whatever few points she had, she'd give it to them. And mm. I learned as a young kid and my mom would turn around to me and she said, listen, it's good to help people. She said, God will give it back to you. It was good right. to help people. So that was her, that was very important lessons for me in formative years to understand that, um, that this is, this is an important part of life. How interesting is it that you're right in chapter one, right where I'm at, right? And right after that, you you give us the first real lesson that you learn in chapter one, and it's mindset is everything. Help people understand when you say mindset is everything, what does that really mean? So look, just to use the example, like in the book, we were very poor and we could have had the thought process and the attitude that, okay, we've been dealt a bad hand, let's be bitter, let's be miserable. But even with some unfortunate circumstances, a common trait that I've learned amongst people that are successful or happier is, is optimism. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not innate, but we can teach ourselves to be optimistic. We can, we can change our focus. You, know, you, you, will, you will see what you focus on, right? So if we want to be optimistic, we can work on that and be more optimistic. You know what? It's like a magic thing. It just starts to happen for you. So when when we are talking about mindset i always was optimistic i always believed in something better i always felt that just because i wasn't in a good place right then i didn't have to stay there that it could be better and i could be happy i could be happy for small things that occurred that made me happy and you know what here's the truth wherever you are if you're happy and you're laughing the feeling you get from that is the same feeling that someone would get who could be the richest person on earth because that joy that you feel when you're feeling good and when you're laughing, it doesn't matter how much is in your bank account or how much assets you have or the car you drive, you get the same joy, the same feeling. So you don't, you don't have to be poor. It's all here. And so much more comes to you when you have that positive mindset. You attract so much more. When you have that, that giving heart and not that bitter feeling. Who wants to be around somebody who's bitter? You know? <laughs> I mean, just think about that, right? right? You're, you're going to attract what you put out. Right. You're right. You're absolutely right. You know, what I found interesting at the end of this first chapter, 
Um, by the way, we're with Barry Habib, author of Money in the Streets, uh, available everywhere books are sold. Number one Amazon bestseller. Um, you you talked about a little bit about your life, and there was a point where your mom was thinking about. Actually, I think it was her boss Emma, who came to her with the with the idea that she, you know she would take you from her because she couldn't have children. And your mom had this epiphany and changed her mindset. But it also was one brilliant lesson at the end of the book, and it's about rejection. And I'm going to read you your quote. You said, rejection doesn't have to be about you. It's often due to circumstances that others are going through and the pressures that they are feeling. I found that so powerful. Yeah, it's true. You know, um, my mom was at at the sweatshop, pregnant with me, broke not figuring out how she was going to make this work. And she was crying just, you know, she was emotional hormones working, whatever it is. And her boss, Emma came to her and, and she said, what's wrong. And she, she said that, you know, we're broke. We're, we're not young. I've got two mouths to feed already. How am I going to make this work? How am I going to do it? And Emma says, listen, I've always wanted to have kids my whole life and I've never been able to, I will give you money. I will give you, just give me the baby. I'll take care of the baby. You don't ever have to worry. Mm. It's not, and, and just, I, I really want a baby. It's like so badly. So she went on to say, I'll give you the business. She's, I just want this baby. And now my mom never thought of, of, of even you know allowing this in, but it really gave her the inspiration to say, oh my gosh, this is not a bad thing. This is a blessing. Right. And it's just the way you look at it sometimes. Sometimes the things that we have that we're challenged by, we don't realize the blessing that it is. How many times has every one of us come up against the tough situation that we've been in and we hate it? Maybe we lost a job. Maybe we lost a relationship. Maybe it was a whatever it was, and it was awful. And we fought and fought and fought to preserve it and keep it, but we felt like we lost and we fell apart and we were miserable. But then something else happens and we say, Oh my goodness, I'm so grateful because I would have never found this job. I would have never found this opportunity. I would have never found this love if I didn't go through that bad time. So we need to understand and have faith and belief that the changes that we go through might be difficult and might stink to go through them, but there could be a really good thing that comes of it down the road. And that's what we have to believe in. Uh, this, it, what a great segue. You know, it's almost like you read this book before. Uh, <laughs> what a great segue because it leads us right into chapter two, which is entitled Let Hardship Teach You. And um I think one of the greatest quotes in this chapter, and there's several of them throughout the book, but this quote I felt like that just really sets the chapter off is what defines us is how we respond to those hardships. It's not the hardship that defines us. And you're alluding to that. Talk about that a little bit more in detail because we get caught up into this, you know, the hardship, you know, you don't understand Barry. I mean, I've gone through it and you don't understand my life is miserable. My life stinks. Right, but that's not what defines us. No, what when when you when you're able to just believe that there's something better that you don't have to stay here, and you're not going to take the quantum leap to go from where you are to here, but you begin with one positive action. You begin with one positive step, and then another, and then another, and then another. You know, where you talked about 
and it, it, it hit me when you talked about are you eating right now i've been a little bit a little bit off i've had a little bit more carbs than i should have late and i'm not going to be able to take off 10 pounds in a day but i could take a quarter of a pound off in a day if i right. eat well right and you know if you were to ask me jay if you were to say barry would you define happiness in one word i'd say progress mm. because maybe i want to take off 10 pounds and i'll tell you this if i take off five from here and i'm going to then the thing of it is is that i have not achieved my goal yet I feel happier. I right. feel better. Hey, I get it. I'm feeling so it's step by step that gives you happiness. Mm. It doesn't have to be the goal. The goal sure will make you happy in reaching that. And you'll definitely hit those goals. But if you can take a moment and enjoy that journey and and and, and take it step by step and feel good about it, it makes the whole process wonderful. His name is Barry Habib. The book is entitled Money in the Streets, a playbook for finding and seizing the opportunity all around you. And you're listening to him here on A New Direction. Hey, folks, my great sponsors, right? Epic Physical Therapy. Look, whether you're recovering from an injury or surgery or suffering everyday aches and pains, maybe you're having difficulty performing uh, daily living activities. Maybe you're a professional athlete. And you are struggling because you're just not getting out of your body what you want to get out of it. Here's the deal. Epic Physical Therapy works with them all. They really do. They will provide you with a customized treatment plan tailored to your individual needs. With their experience in training uh, young athletes to elite professional athletes, they understand the need to treat the entire body as a functional whole, not just your symptoms or your injury. So when you're ready for your epic relief, epic recovery, and epic results, do not go anywhere else. Start right there with Epic Physical Therapy. That's epicpt.com. That's E-P-I-C. PT.com. And Linda Craft and Team Realtors. You know what? For th over 35 years, they have been at the top of the real estate game. How? What, 35 years? That's unheard of. Well, how does she do it? Well, she understood way back in 1985. She understood that, you know, even when interest rates were around 18%, the best way to develop your business is through relationships and being sincere and understanding and, and you know, not only just developing that relationship, but maintaining it over the course of time. Matter of fact, her first customer from 1985 still comes and sees her today. How about that? That says something, doesn't it? It says that relationships really do matter and they make a difference. So when you want to talk to the relationship realtor, when you want to talk to the, the person who cares about your home, not because of the price, but because of all the memories that you've made there, Start with Linda Craft at Team Realtors. It's real easy. Just go to lindacraft.com. It's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T dot com. And we're back here on A New Direction with Barry Habib and his outstanding book. And we just, we're just a couple chapters into it called Money in the Streets. It's, um, it's brilliantly written, absolutely fantastic. Um, I, I've gone through it three times. I've read it cover to cover, and, and I read it again. It's just... Um, Man, it just was such an encouragement. I mean, stuff that I just was just encouraged by, and and uh, I walked out just feeling um, amazingly better about myself and my progress. And and he gave me some things that I need to work on for me. So I was really, it, it really is a book that's a great tool uh, that you should have in your toolbox. Um, chapter three, Barry, is finding opportunity. And I think this is one that you talk about in the introduction, actually, of the book. That opportunity is really all around us, but sometimes we just don't have the skills to see it, right? 
And the truth of the matter is, and I love this because I laughed so hard, is that you started in a butcher store and you wound up in mortgages. <laughs> and then, of course, several other things. But it was really a cool journey. And I loved your journey of going through it. But it was it's really centers around finding opportunity. So help us understand how do we find the opportunity? How do we get how do we find our milk knock bar? Okay. Oh my goodness. Yes. You mentioned Milton. Bar, who was, uh, <laughs> was a wonderful man that I, uh, uh, you know, I went from selling stereo equipment and I, some of the money I started to sell real estate. I'm, I'm sorry. I started to buy real estate properties and flip them. And some I held on to and rented. I was a young kid in my twenties. So I was, I was, I was going for it, you know, and, right. and that's the first thing is when we, when we see opportunities, we oftentimes talk ourselves out of it. I'm not saying we go willy nilly, right. but we should do some research. And you know what? If you're going to believe in something, believe in yourself, yeah. you know, believe in your ability. Oftentimes we put a lot of trust in others and thinking that they'll get us to where we want to go. But boy, the best investments that you can make is in your own mind and your own abilities and, and growing that and those experiences, even if they're not the way you wanted them to go, if you use them as learning experiences and stepping stones, they'll serve you well. So don't be afraid to take those opportunities. Don't talk yourself out of it. Sure, you want to be careful, of course, but believe in yourself enough to take some chances and take some opportunities because they truly are all over. Whenever you see a point of friction, it's what you want to try and alleviate. So uh, I, I was uh, started to, to flip some homes and this wonderful man, Milton Akbar, he wound up purchasing a home for me and I was a young kid and he kind of took a liking to me and I was, I wanted to do everything right by him. And I think he saw that. And then uh, I said, no, I just got into the mortgage business. I don't really know everything about it by any stretch. I said, but if you're a little patient, would you mind being my first client? I'd be so honored. And Milt said, you know what, Barry, I'd love to. Hmm. And he was a saint. He was so patient with me. That's why I mentioned him in the book. He probably doesn't even know it. Okay. So um, he wound up buying a home for me. He was my first mortgage applicant. And honest to goodness, guess what? <laughs> I sold him the stereo for his house too. <laughs> so you know, it was a lot of fun to, to, to work with Milt, but all of these opportunities. And then, you know, from there, we, we understood that what we want to really try and do is talk to as many people as we possibly could and tell them about ourselves. Sometimes we get a little shy, we get a little introverted, get that message out there. There's so much good that we could do. And, and that's what really helped me through my mortgage career to, to kind of catapult me into uh, into a good position in the mortgage industry. So I'm going to ask you a question outside of the book that I, it just popped into my head because I think there's probably people out there and I'm just thinking from the listener standpoint, there's people out there going, Barry, why can't I see these opportunities? You know, I, because I do really think that people go, how come I don't see them? You're experiencing them every day. You know, when I got into the mortgage business, one of the first things that I noticed was that the market was moving. And if some loan professional were talking to a customer and they quoted a specific rate, but then the market would move. And by the time they got back to their office, that change put them in an uncomfortable position. You'd have to go back to the customer and lose trust with them or tell them that the rate's higher or do the loan essentially for free or worst case scenario, play the market, hope it comes back and then that could get you in some real trouble. That was clearly a point of friction. So rather than complain about it, I was experiencing it. So I said, I think I could fix it. I could watch the market for others and turn that into a 
a very, very successful business that became ubiquitous within the mortgage industry. When I got into Rock of Ages, I just made an observation. And I would see that this was in New York City. People sometimes would arrive a little late. Drinks were expensive, long lines. People would finally get their drink. The show's about to start. What would happen? You could not have your drink in your seat. So I'd watch these people nicely dressed, either get a little disappointed or guzzle their drink. And I'm like, these are our customers. They came to see our show. Why should they have a bad experience? Now they're going to go in with a mindset that's already negative while they're watching the show. Now the show is really good, so we won them over, but I wanted to make this good for them. So what I decided to do was say, let's make a change here. Let's allow drinking in the seats. And everybody said, no, Barry, that's never been done on Broadway. <laughs> the answer is no. And you know, if you know me, that's kind of not a good good answer for me because it's never been done before. <laughs> so it was it was difficult. It was expensive. But we became the first show in Broadway history to allow drinking in the seats. And then after that, now they all do it. So it alleviated point of friction. Another one that I do talk about in the book is when I got into the medical imaging business. And I was more on the business side, of course, but I'd always been fascinated with medicine. And you know, I hope to God nobody listening here has to go for a scan for anything wrong. I wish to God you have good health and strong bodies. But if you ever have had to do that and go through that, you know what happens. The tech. The who's doing that will say, you know, whatever you got you have to do to take the x-ray or to take the CAT scan or the PET CT or whatever it is. And you'll say, you know, how's it look? And they can't talk to you. You can only talk to a doctor. And sometimes the doctor might take three or four or five or six days to get back to you. And your own anxiety makes you feel awful. So it's like, why do we have to put people through this? So my idea was to put a radiologist there. So by the time you got dressed, you sat in a beautiful room. And if it was good news, you learned right away and you walked out of there feeling great. And if it wasn't the best news, you had a plan and you stopped feeling anxiety. And now you had a path to move forward. And that became a very successful medical imaging company. We grew it to three different offices and then I sold that business. So you have these points of friction that exist everywhere. Anything that you're doing that is upsetting you or giving you heartburn, don't just complain. You're smart enough to think about what is the better way to do this rather than complain about it and then take that and do something about it. And there's your opportunities. They're everywhere. Uh, Barry, that's beautiful. And so, so, well, and thank you for the examples, because I think that's the, that's the thing is that we are sometimes, and you know, you talked about this when you were a child is that you didn't have much. And I understand it because we didn't have much either. And your imagination and creativity, the things that I could do with a stick were amazing, right, <laughs> out in the country. Um, but, you know, sometimes I think part of this issue of opportunities is that we we just don't have that creative mindset. We're not, you know, we're so stuck in what we, you know, physically see in front of us that we can't see beyond that. I love that you've asked this question because I truly believe we all do. And I've seen so many people when they spend the amount of time that they that, that really gives it the chance to foster creativity, creativity is born. Right. You know, we look at something and we quickly don't don't see a solution for yourself. They're just not creative enough to do it. Well, right. we schedule appointments for a lot of things. But right. isn't it funny that it's rare that we schedule an appointment think right and it, it just just think about that we don't schedule time where we could just think about things and maybe we could have a list i love lists i mean i eat my own home cooking i mean i love lists you know so what what we 
could do is say, okay, these are things I really want to think about. I want to try and figure out and then just quietly walk through it. You'll be amazed at what comes to you when you dedicate the time. Your brain is, it's a remarkable, remarkable, remarkable tool that um, you don't maybe give yourself enough credit for. I mean, you're, don't ever downplay your own abilities because you've got them. Right. All you have to do is just dedicate a little time to foster it and then research, Google, talk to experts, think it through, flesh it out. Right. If it doesn't come to you in two minutes, but you could start to foster these brilliant ideas. And then boy, then you gain more and more confidence because you know, then you have the ability. So it gives you the confidence to do the next one. It's a wonderful process. And all we have to do is take a little time and dedicate it to think. Yeah. Maybe it's 20 minutes a day. Maybe it's a half an hour a day. Write a list of the things you want to think about. Yeah. Really think them through. When people talk about meditation and they say, well, think of nothing or whatever. No, I think you should spend time <laughs> thinking about the things you want and work them out in your mind. I'm not right. poo-poo with meditation. Great. Right, right. Wonderful. Yeah. But how about scheduling just a little bit of time for you to think things through? Maybe it's the relationship that you're having. Maybe you should spend some time in thinking, what can I do to make this better? What can I do for this person that I really care about right. that might really put a smile on their face? You know, what can I do for my kids? Let me just think about, you know, and we're all sensitive. Allow yourself to feel that sensitivity. You can tell by somebody's voice when something's off. Right. You know, you can tell by just their body motions. Right. Something is not quite to think about it. What can I do to help? What can I do to improve it? Right. Um, give yourself some time to do good for others and to do good for yourself. But like anything else, you you know, if you want to be a great basketball player, you're spending a lot of time practicing, right? You're not going to be a great basketball, but why not dedicate some time to be creative, right? And to put yourself in a position to do so much good. Just dedicate a little time. Love it. Love it. The name's Barry Habib. Money in the Streets is the book, and uh, we're we're progressing right along here, and uh, we're going to jump to, you have this book divided up into sections, and we're going to jump into part two, which starts with chapter four, and part two is strategies for seizing the opportunity, opportunities at your feet, and chapter four just could not be a better title, Be Positive. <laughs> I mean, I mean, let's be honest with, with each other here, right? Positivity is critical and you've already talked about it a little bit but positivity is critical to finding opportunities because if we're negative we can't see them can we you only see the obstacles if you want to get to a destination and you put it in your gps you don't choose the road that has the least amount of traffic that could lead to nowhere you never get to your destination if you only right. travel roads that don't have traffic right so sometimes you, you the what you have to do is you have to put in a destination and you have to know that you're going to make progress towards getting there. So what we want to be able to do is have that positivity, have that magnetism that comes with being positive. Look, the secret to being magnetic is make everybody you come and I mean, you epitomize this, Jay. So you make people that you come into contact with feel better. And isn't that a wonderful thing? Don't we all want that? Yeah. But you also, want to give them something that makes them feel smarter or that they're learning something. And you can't give what you don't have. That's why I know somebody like you, I mean, just, just think about the way that you've approached this whole thing, which is so admirable and everybody should be, you've said it quickly, but you know, this man read to prepare for this interview, this man 
in order to be honorable to everybody listening here, because he honors you so much, what he did was he wanted to read the book, not once, but twice. He didn't want to just jot some notes down. He took 20 pages of notes. And this is the way that he handles himself because he wants to make you gain value. If you want to be magnetic, right. that's the playbook is right there. He just showed you exactly what to do. If you imagine any person that you met with that makes you feel better and makes you feel smarter, you can be that person. But you just have to put a little work in advance. But the rewards are enormous. You and I talked about the show, and, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more at length, but the truth of the matter is Rod Brendamore, a friend of mine who played NHL hockey for, I don't know, close to 20 years, I guess, and is now the head um, coach of the Carolina Hurricanes NHL team. When I was interviewing him uh, years ago, he would tell me about things that he could control on the ice and things that he couldn't control. And one of those things that he said, I can absolutely control my attitude out there regardless of what the puck does, right? And, and, and his positivity was amazing to me. You know, watching this, this guy who, and his effort was the other thing he said he could control. And I watched his effort every day. We'd work out together. I couldn't keep up with him to save my tail. But man, his effort, he chose how hard he was going to work, right? And he tried to get more out of it. I just, it's just sometimes I think we just get so lax in what we think we can control and what we can't control. And we focus on the things that we can't control rather than focusing on the things that we can't control. And that's what you're saying. Precisely. You know, yeah, what you, what you control is, is most importantly is your mindset and your attitude and, and what that projects on others. Listen, uh, here's the thing. The truth of the matter is we're all going to get upset. We're all going to be, PO'd from time to time and things. Somebody cuts you off or this and that. And, you know, I'm blessed that Tony Robbins um, and I have become good friends. And Tony taught me something. I want to share his lesson to me with all of you. Where he said, you know, we're inevitably going to get upset at something. But he has a rule. It's a 90-second rule for him. Where he'll let himself get upset for 90 seconds. But then after that, he wants to snap back and be in a beautiful state of mind. Now, I'm a work in progress. I don't know if I could do it in 90 seconds, but I'm probably about five minutes and I can make that change, okay? So I'm not as good as he is. But the reason is what's beautiful. Right. Because whoever upset you, they're not worth stealing your joy. Right. You know, you go through life, unfortunately, it's the clock ticks. Right. And do you want to spend it with a beautiful mindset, with joy for yourself? Or miserable. Right. It's a pretty clear choice when you put it that way. But then he goes a step further. He says, when you're in a beautiful state of mind, you bring joy to others. Mm. And don't let that person steal the ability for you to give the joy to others. And that's what gives you fulfillment, man. It's 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 beautiful. And I really try to I really try to embody that in, in his lesson in my daily activities because we're always gonna have things that are gonna get us upset here and there. So, okay, you're human, but then come back and change your mindset, change your attitude, be positive. Right. Jeez, for me, my blood types even be positive. You can't make this thing up, right? So, uh, <laughs> so yes, it's so critical because right. that's what makes you magnetic. Once again, everybody wants to be around you. Right. Everybody will know your name. You know, everybody will know who you are. You, for selfish reasons, 
because of that magnetism, people will treat you nicer, right. give you a better experience. When you're with somebody, it gives that other person a better experience. It just, it feeds on itself. Right. It does. You know, there's, there's one other piece in here that you and I are big fans of that can help you kind of retrain your brain, by the way, in, in terms of you can, you can relearn to be positive. You can train your brain to do that. And I believe it really does start with gratitude. And you and I have the same practice. I am a firm believer having my cup of coffee first thing in the morning and writing down seven things that I am grateful for with the date on top of the page or the card. Because here's what I know, no matter what happens in my day, I can pull that date out at the end of the day. And you know what? I'm still grateful for those things regardless of what happened. And you you talk about gratitude being so powerful to the mindset. It really shapes the way you feel. Um, It it shapes your emotions. It shapes everything. It it puts things in perspective because we can, again, you're going to focus on, you're going to see what you focus on. If you're going to focus on the negativity, okay, but if you focus starting your day just like you, a cup of coffee, I need my brain to get a little jump started. <laughs> and then I say out loud all the things that I'm grateful for. And then I and then I, 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 I begin the day with prayer, too. I'm a very spiritual person. Yeah, me too. Uh, I believe in that. I believe in, in, in uh, spirituality. And so that really helps me. That gets my mind in the right place. It gets me feeling good. It gets me feeling positive. It gets... It makes me feel so lucky mm-hmm. to have what I have. Mm-hmm. And even when I was younger and I didn't have material things, but even as a, you know, you don't want to wait till something's gone to appreciate it, right? I mean, that, because we all do when it's gone. You know, the fact that, you know, if, if, if you're God willing, you're healthy and you, you have good things around. I mean, this is, this is so much to be grateful for. Yeah. And if you come from a place of gratitude, it's amazing how your interactions go with others. It's it's wonderful. It is how people are receptive to that. And and once again, that's just going to make your life a better place to be. His name is Barry Habib. The book is entitled "Money in the Streets." And did I tell you he was going to be awesome? Yeah. Playbook for finding and seizing the opportunity all around you. You're listening to him here on a new direction. Hey folks, Epic Physical Therapy Facility offers the most advanced top-of-the-line equipment, including the Alter-G anti-gravity treadmill. (sighs) You know what? Sometimes when we age, those joints don't handle pounding the streets like they used to. So you know what? You have the Alter-G anti-gravity treadmill. Takes the pressure right off. Speaking of joints, you know what? Sometimes, you know, our joints, even in other parts of our body, just don't operate the way they used to. They have the Normatec compression sleeves. Right, that makes it all of a sudden you feel, oh, wow, that's pretty awesome. And then, you know, when you're trying to recover, a little ice and compression can go a long way. That's the game ready. That's what they do right there. Pressure and freezing cold water, man, it's awesome. I love it. You know what? And they're certified in the most comprehensive cutting edge treatments as well. Blood flow restriction therapy, dry needling, cupping. If you've seen those circles on the back of swimmer's back, they're manipulating the muscle through the skin. Unbelievable. Listen, just don't look anywhere else. When you're ready, whether you're whether you're injured or you're just trying to move better, whether you're a professional athlete, young athlete, whoever it is, when you're ready for your epic relief, epic recovery, epic results, don't look any further. Go to epicpt.com. It's E-P-I-C-P-T.com. And Linda Craft and Team Realtors, you know what? 35 plus years, you know, and then, you know what her, do you want know her clients call her? They call her the legend of customer service, right? For 35 years, they still call her the legend of customer service. Why? 
Well, it's because the relationship is the most important part of what she does. And she transferred that to her team and her team understands that how powerful the relationships are. And they understand that not only is the relationship for the transaction, but it's the relationship that continues on beyond the transaction, wherever they go. And so look, when you're ready to sell a home or buy a home, you know what? Why don't you go with folks who are going to care that care about you as much as they're going to care about your home, right? Go with Linda Craft Team Realtors. It's real easy. Just go to lindacraft.com. It's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T dot com. And we're back here on A New Direction with uh, Money in the Streets with Barry Habib, who is the author, number one Amazon bestseller, uh, fantastic book, folks. Um, man, I just love this book. Um, you, you're already hearing him. If you, know, if you listen to the first 40 minutes of the show, you're already hearing how uh, he's so encouraging and he's so helpful. He's already given you so many great tips that you can utilize, and it starts really with you. And making some decisions, and they're fantastic. I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump ahead here. I think actually, I'm not. I'm gonna go to chapter five. I was gonna jump ahead to chapter five, but you talk about mapping your dreams, and I loved mapping your dreams because it's really a very cool. You've got this very cool way of doing this, and you know because I think we dream, but we don't put it down. Let's talk about what do we need to do to map our dreams. Well. Cool. The first thing is to dream and to allow yourself to dream mm-hmm. and allow yourself to, to really see a better place for you because it can always be better. Right? We can always want and wish for things. And I think that that should be something that you can visualize. Mm-hmm. But then how do we get from here to there? You know, again, to use the GPS example, when you go in your car, very rarely is it a straight shot. There's a lot of turns along the way. And so there's points when you get here, you make a left or you make a right or you exit here and it's the same thing when you're mapping your dreams. You should map it out, but there's different stages of what you have to do first to get to the next level. And then when you're there, this is how you get there and, and so forth. And talk to people who have done it. They can help you. They'll show you. They'll teach you. They'll want to. Right. And when you do that, yes, keep the end goal in mind, of course, but really become laser focused on that first step. Because that's what does it. It's that first step to get there, then the next step, and then the next step, just like GPS. That's how you get to your destination. You know, and two miles, make a right. So <laughs> well, those two miles, and then make the next move. That's what we need to do with our dreams. Well, you, you know, I love I love the fact that you you, you you first say make a plan, and then you go, you got to take some action. And one of the things <laughs> you said that is so true <laughs> is even the best planning will on a well-designed roadmap won't get you there unless you take action and here's our biggest problem so many of us don't do because we're just talk about it but then you say something even more powerful and i think this is again one of the most powerful things in this chapter don't wait until it's perfect when you feel you can add value and this has got a big exclamation point after it go for it and then yeah, because so many people, Jay, we, we know this, we see this all the time where you know, people aren't going to make a decision until everything's just right, or I'll do it when this happens or when then, <laughs> you know, listen, go for it, take your shot right? and trust yourself that even though it's not perfect, that your abilities and your resourcefulness to get help from others, that when you come to that point where maybe you're just not right where you need to be, you'll either figure it out or have the resourcefulness to get it figured out. 
I'm not saying you go nuts and go willy nilly, but if you have a plan and it's a little right. fuzzy around the edges, that's okay. Don't wait. Start making progress and rely on your ability to overcome whatever obstacles get thrown in your path because you can if you have the heart to want to do it. You'll either figure it out on your own or you'll be resourceful enough to make it happen. You have the same, you have a similar theme when it comes to amplifying your message and being magnetic because you say in chapter seven, you say, you know what, if we wait to do something until we get better, we'll never do it. And it's a very similar thing, but also very different. Explain that because I think we get stuck here, right? That we're not good enough. Yeah, you know, when I started as a professional speaker, I certainly wasn't good enough. One of my mentors, Deborah Jones, she said, you know, you're going to do tapes and you'll sell tapes in the back of the room like every speaker back then did, right? And she said, here's the thing you're going to realize. It says, you're going to get better, but your tapes won't. <laughs> Meaning the, the, the deep lesson there is that where you are today, right. you're always going to continue to accelerate and do better. But you have to be bad today. You have to be you have to go through the step of not being as good as you're going to be right. in order for you to be better. Right. In other words, you have to take the step of, and I'm not going to say failing, but maybe doing not the best job, but that's the learning experience that allows you to be better and better and better in each step of the way. And this is something people have to overcome because they're waiting till they're just right. They're perfect. It's not perfect. That's okay. Do it not perfect because the experience will get you closer to perfect. Yeah, there, I think I could say this. I think it's chapter eight. It's called make mistakes and let them make you better. It's here's how to suck and get better. <laughs> this is what you said. Try, suck, reflect and learn and try again. <laughs> but it's, it, it's funny, but it's really, really true. Right. I mean, if we don't, if we just don't, if we just sit there, right, we've got to suck. It's okay. <laughs> right. I mean, isn't that the point? Yes, because that's what we learn from. That's what we grow from. And that's what we look back upon. You know, I'll look at, I'll listen to some of my old tapes. I'll cringe a little bit, but then it makes you feel good that, wow, um, I'm really proud of, of how far I've been able to come. Mm. That's with everything. It's not just as a speaker. That's that's with everything. You know, I'm a normal human being. I, I screwed up in so many ways and made so many mistakes. And I talk about them in the book. You know, I, I've, I've hopefully tried to learn from those and be better. And and a lot of those have to do with insecurities. You know, we're all insecure. Right. We, 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 all, we all do. And confidence is wonderful, but it is kind of fleeting. You know, we always question ourselves and it makes us a little more gun shy. But this is where it's important to have reflection and it's important to overcome insecurities because those insecurities will make us behave in ways. And hopefully as we as we improve, we can look back and, and, and see where we made some mistakes and a lot of times I wish I hadn't done those things, but I can't change that. Here's right. what I can change. Right. I can change the way I respond in the future and maybe my ability to help others see that in a very kind way and understanding way. And also I can be more understanding and I could be showing a little more grace to those that are responding in a way that really it's not against me. It's just their own insecurities. Right. I'm not a bad person. They're just feeling this insecurity and, Maybe in a way I could help them. Maybe I could try and understand them more rather than be critical of them. Right. So that's how I can correct my past mistakes. Mm. Uh, I'm going to jump to chapter 12. Uh, it's entitled Win by Staying on Offense. Um, and I want to jump to a section. It's build your team so you can build your empire. And you say, when I hire someone, here's what I'm looking for. And you talk about um, 
you talk about four really key pieces, attitude, aptitude, initiative, and sense of urgency. And I know that there's a lot of people right now who struggle when it comes to hiring the right employees. So I want to kind of go through these really quickly. Um, Attitude, uh, attitude, aptitude, initiative, and sense of urgency. Talk about, if you don't mind, talk about that and why that's so important. Those four things are so important to you and your hiring process. If as someone who's hiring people, you have a teaching heart and a teaching mindset, then if they have those four qualities, in my humble opinion, I can pretty much teach you anything. Because if you have the right attitude, you're going to play well with others. You're going to be a pleasure to be around. This is going to create more energy, not sap energy. We're not going to be worrying about office politics and dealing with your emotional state and being super sensitive and, well, my gosh, this is going to upset them or they're in a bad mood. Good attitude is really critical foundation. And then aptitude. How quickly will this person learn? Because maybe they don't understand this just yet, but if they learn quickly and I can teach them, that'll be a great investment and this will pay many, many dividends. And initiative is really, are they waiting? Are they sitting around waiting? Or are they looking for how they can grow, how they can help, how they can take action? Are they, maybe it's not perfect. This ties into what we just talked about, but they're willing to take initiative and step forward. And then that sense of urgency. Don't we all love it Mm. when you talk to somebody and instead of, okay, well, I'll get back to you in three weeks or I'll take this or that. No, you know what? Hang on. Let's see if we can knock this out right now. How good does that make you feel when the person on the other line tells you that type of response because they have a sense of urgency? They just want to knock it out and get it done. If you procrastinate, it doesn't go away. It just builds and there'll always be other stuff to pile up on it. So if to the extent you can really try and have a sense of urgency and do it now, have a do it now mentality and the response that you will get from customers, coworkers, family, friends, who doesn't want to be around that person? Right. Let's just get it done right now. Let's just take care of it. Let's help you right now. Right. What more could you ask for? Even if you don't do the most perfect job, your effort is something they're not going to criticize. Right. His name's Barry Habib. Barry, do you realize that we've been on almost an hour? Amazing. You you are an incredible interviewer, and you are you make the time fly. It's incredible. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, the show's called A New Direction because we. Tr- I try to help. I try, I try to help you and I, we try to help everybody listening around the world. Um, and then, of course, in this great country of ours here in the United States, we try to help people find a new direction in their life or their career or their business. If Barry Habib, author, number one best-selling author on Amazon of Money in the Streets, could leave the listener with a new direction, what would Barry Habib say? Well... And when I say this, please, everybody, it doesn't mean you don't already have these qualities. So I don't mean it at all like that. But what I wish that we would see more of, what I really wish for, is kindness and respect. Mm-hmm. And, and and I believe that if there's more kindness out there, and if you could just maybe understand, like, like we've talked about, like you pointed out in the book, where maybe somebody's just going through something, it's not not the rejection isn't about you it's about what they're going right. through and, and maybe we can make a difference for them and then really build a great relationship that's awesome kindness is really it's, it's an important element for all of us to have it is very easy to be triggered and then lash out and retaliate it's very easy to do but what if we just showed some kindness there yeah i mean the world would certainly be a better place if people gave us a little kindness when we were at our best 
That's awesome. I think that, that that's an element that's so critically important because I mean, if somebody's kind to me, you know, we, we're already on the right track, right? right. If, if I'm kind, you know, a, a great relationship starts by not asking, but by offering. Mm. You know, if you want to build a great relationship with someone, don't ask for things, offer things, mm. find ways you can help them and, and improve things for them. And believe me, the law of reciprocity is there. That's awesome. The other is respect. Now, look, we don't have to agree on everything, and we don't. And I see this in politics all the time, you know, but I try and be careful with people because while we might not see it the same way, I can respect you and I can like you. On this one point, it's not about you or me personally. It's we just see different ways to address this certain thing. So it doesn't mean you're a good person, a bad person, whatever. I respect you and I respect your thoughts. I may not dis- might not agree with them. And maybe we can have a friendly discussion as to trying to understand you better and see your point of view. And maybe I might learn something. Right. And maybe if you allow me to, in an open-minded way, to express why I feel this way, who knows? And even if we walk away still seeing it differently, we could do a high five afterwards and talk about something we do agree on, you know? <laughs> but we don't have to but we don't have to make it personal right. because we want to respect each other. Right. And we want to know that, that we, we both want good. We just see different ways of getting to the good. That's awesome. His name is Barry Habib. Book is Money in the Streets. You know what I say to you every week, right? Be inspired. Because when you're inspired, you're going to inspire others. And when they're inspired, they in turn want to inspire other people. And that's going to make this world an amazing place. I'm going to be back next week with another great guest, another great book. It's going to be another great show, as I say to you every week. And you know what that is, right? Ciao, everybody. Find your strength